All right, here we go. Another week of Theology Mutts. We missed you last week. We, we kind of did it on purpose, though. We did. We kind of stood there and we were like, we could do this. Uh, but we're also talking about kind of the same thing. They tie together easily, yeah. Yeah, they do. So, I mean, on our list it says, uh, Can't Love God and Money was supposed to be last week, but we missed it. Uh, and then this week is supposed to be Pay Taxes and Tithe. So we just decided to treat you all to a double feature and talk about both of those things That's right. together. And we'll make sure that it is not doubly featured length. Uh, we'll make sure it's still within our normal... I thought we were going for like an hour and a half today. time, oh my goodness. I don't actually know what our longest podcast is. I uh, think it's it been like, like I think 25 it's been like, minutes. I thought it was like like a half an hour. Or maybe it was half minutes. an hour. We got going really good on Esther, I think it was. I think you're right. And we just uh, we looked at the time we're like, "Oh, well, bye." <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, but we we won't hopefully do that to you today. Um, but right. you know, here we are. Uh, so, we are talking about money. Um, because uh, last week we talked about love on Sunday morning. Reese brought a message on love and did a great job. And um, and then this week we talked about how the rich cannot enter heaven. Or, or at least the rich are entering heaven at a more difficult right. pace. So, um, which which really was an interesting, I feel like interesting to preach and prepare for. Mm-hmm. Which was like, you know, because I did have to lay out from the get-go that really we're all rich. I was say, you brought some heat on Sunday because like... Uh, yeah, there was like definitely the, like you brought a lot of stats and different things, and it was like holy crud! Like this there was is... no amening on Sunday, <laughs> no, because it was, was like oof, oof, there was, a, there was oof. a lot of that like there was a lot of that like really like quiet moment where it's like you could hear people breathing, <laughs> kind <laughs> yeah. of a thing. It's like oh man, that's yeah, and that's weirdly enough in our church, that's how you know if you're preaching a really great sermon. You can, that's true. You can just like everybody is just silent, which. Isn't that exciting as so a pastor? Gonna, like, well, to be fair, <laughs> I go back and forth because there's a part of me that wishes people would respond more. Right. But I also know when I preach, I don't preach for response. I preach for depth. Right. That's depth true. does not normally warrant response. Like This is true. Response okay. is like, I know that and I get it. Amen. I'll give you a hallelujah. Right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. When I'm thinking, I'm not shouting. Right. Normal, <laughs> and normally, like on a, on a fairly typical Sunday morning, that's what happens, yeah. um, which is good. Yeah. But so, we, we digress. So here we are. So we talked about money uh, and how we being did. rich makes it difficult because you have more to give up, right? So um, we're going to kind of reiterate that a little bit uh, because the teaching we're going to look at first is the idea that you can't love God and money both. Um, And it comes from Matthew chapter 6. So if you can get your scripture out, Matthew 6, really starting with verse 19, but the verse itself is verse 24. Um, It's in a section on the putting up treasures in heaven. Jesus is telling his disciples, don't store up stuff on earth uh, where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Store up treasure in heaven. Uh, and then he talks about how your eye is the lamp of the body and you should look on good things, um, which ties into this money thing because it's, you know, where are you looking for your security? Mm. Um, are you looking to God or are you looking to money? And that's what he points out this in verse 24, which is a hard teaching. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What I love in my Bible is it actually capitalizes money in that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> not in mine, but I've I've heard about that because isn't it, uh, it's mammon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in, in ancient Greek, it's mammon, yeah. and that's yeah. actually the name of a demon, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, so what I, what I like about this passage and what I find interesting is... Um, it's a very definitive thing. Mm. He doesn't say you shouldn't serve both God and money. He says you cannot. You cannot. Like it is impossible to serve God and to serve money. Mm. 
Um, which does make it a tricky point because you're like, okay, so what does it mean to serve money? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we had this conversation the other day at Small Group, actually. Hmm. Like the idea that if you break it down to it, like your job is essentially based on time. You are selling hours of your life in exchange. <laughs> you're bartering, right? right? You're bartering an hour of your life for this money, which it's will then a... you'll barter for food and shelter. Right. And It's true. It's just such a grim way of looking at it. <laughs> it is. It is. But if you look at it that way, it's it feels like looking at it that way makes money have a lot less power in this your life. True. Because it's just it's another thing you're bartering for. Really, money is not the end goal. The end goal there is to have food on your table and right. you know things like that. Right. So yeah. I think that does make it tricky. Because most people say, well, I don't idolize money, right? No. Like, I don't, I don't think money's not my God. But do you idolize your security or right. your stuff or right. your nice house or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And th- those are really big questions because idols, I mean, idols come in all different shapes and sizes and forms, you know? Absolutely. Um, Which it, is why, like, like on Sunday, it's why Jesus says that, like, it's hard for the rich to enter heaven because at some point the money becomes your God. Like, right. you're serving that. You're, the, everything, the decisions you're making in your life are, how can I get more money? Right. Right, right. And I mean, I even think about it this way a little bit, just kind of off the top of my head. It's like there were there were greater idols and lesser idols, you know, mm-hmm. among like pagan worship practices. Like you had these like more minor gods and these more major gods. And True. so like, like for a thing to be an idol, it doesn't mean that it has to replace God in your life. It just means that it kind of rivals him. You mm-hmm. know, it, it rivals his authority in your life, you know. Which even with that reference, it puts this verse into perspective. It's why Jesus says you cannot serve both. Right. Like it's right. not an option to have, well, I like God, but money is a lesser God as well. But you I also I mean? really like money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean part of that, we were kind of noticing this as we were reading through the passage too. And we're not going to dig too deeply into it because we're actually preaching on this passage uh in what a week and a half or something like that. It is. Caitlin Farley's um, taking that one. Yes, yeah, she is. Another first time preacher. This is fantastic. That's so exciting. <laughs> it is. That's 13 uh, now. That's crazy. I've never been in a church, any church, where there were 13 different preachers. <laughs> like, it's pretty who, awesome. Who all preached like every now and then, you know? God is on the um, work, man. But anyway, she's preaching about this in a couple weeks, so we're not going to dig too deep into it. Uh, but but this passage actually comes right before the, the classic, like, don't worry about your life passage, you know, because like look at the birds and look mm-hmm. at the flowers and like the whole thing. And it's kind of interesting. I, I guess I'd never really realized that before, um, that that shows up right before that, you know, cause it's like, Hey, you can't serve two masters and really you don't need to serve two masters because one of them isn't really going to, to pay you back. You know, like, like one of those masters, i.e. money, mammon, right. Is not going to, to really give you much of anything back. That's of any eternal significance. Right. Um, so don't worship that one and don't worry about your life or your stuff or anything else because the the master that that loves you and is actually there to care for you is actually there to care for you. Uh, he's going to take care of it, you know? Um, so it's just kind of an interesting thought, like with, those, with those two passages kind of kind of pieced together like that. You yeah. Know? And, it, and it's a direct tie because like in the do not worry, the next verse in 25 says, therefore. So like, right. Because of this, because you can't serve both God and money, don't worry about your life. And in fact, it, it ties in well with... Um, what I just said about that bartering system, that money is not really the end goal. The end goal is more food, more shelter, more mm-hmm. security, right? And he says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear, mm-hmm. right? Which really is the whole reason that we have problems with money is because we like stuff. And to have stuff, we have to have money. You know what I mean? Like, right. So so that worry is tied directly to that um, that yeah. idea of you can't serve money, you can serve God. But guess what? You don't still don't have to worry 
because God's always going to come through for you, even when money doesn't. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. As kind of an unrelated note, but you, you mentioned it here. Uh, it says, therefore, right? Mm-hmm. And typically in, in biblical studies, right? Like when you're looking at context, if you see a therefore, you have to ask, well, what's it there for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome, Dr. Lennox, if you ever happen to listen to this. Like Dr. <laughs> Lennox was one of my undergrad professors, one of my favorites, really. Um, but he always used to say that, right? If you see... A therefore in the passage, that means that that's not a standalone verse. Mm-hmm. It, it's relying on something else. And so if you see a therefore, ask what it's there for, read the surrounding context, uh, the preceding context, and and kind of find out and dig in a little bit deeper. Yeah. You know, it's a really easy, really easy, like inductive Bible study thing to be able to do. So, yeah. 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 That's uh, a side note, but it there is, you yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, so, so you can't serve God and money, right? Um, so what do you do with your money then? Well, Jesus has an answer for that too. And uh, that's our second verse. <laughs> Uh, second verse this week, it's in Matthew chapter 22. The story is from verses 15 through 22. Uh, this is a great story. <laughs> I love this I story. I mean, the, the, any story that starts with, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said is a great story. Because those happen more. that happens more than once. And, and it always turns into this fantastic I feel like especially as like, somebody who's already read the Gospels, because you already know when it starts with, they're going to try and trap him with his words. You're like, oh, Jesus is going to say something good here. Right. You yeah, yeah. I mean? like, 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 you, you, know, you know that this is going to be kind of a hilarious but really profound exchange between these two opposing groups of people. Yeah. Well, one group and one guy, you know. Because yeah. let's be honest, uh, it says that like like they sent their disciples to him Jesus couldn't send his disciples much of anywhere because they were pretty much useless most of the time. <laughs> so it's really, you know, the Pharisees and the Herodians versus Jesus and none yep. of his disciples because they have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah. So so what I love here is the other, the Pharisees' disciples and the Herodians, they actually like, they like, um, they kind of smooth talk Jesus at first, right? Because right. they're like, right. teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are, which, to be fair, is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Uh, <laughs> they didn't get Jesus at all. Uh, but in verse 17, he says, tell us then, what's your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So it's kind of funny because they're like smooth at him. They're like, you are great. And then they're like, by the way, should I pay my taxes? We have this really deep question for you that we're going to ask you and hope that you slip up and That's then right. we can get you, you know. Yep, so, don't like you. so I love it because my ver- my version says, Jesus, knowing their evil intent, says, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? So he calls them out right away. He sees right through it. And then he says, show me the coin used for paying the tax. And so they brought him the coin and he says to them, well, whose portrait is on this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then he said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And then when they heard this, they were amazed and left him and went away. <laughs> And went away. <laughs> it was almost like a sad little like thing at the end because they're like, oh, dang it. I didn't right. get him. Let's so go. So close. So close. Yeah. I mean, we, we were just talking about this a little bit and just kind of pointing out like Jesus's response, depending on your translation, is like a dozen words, right? <laughs> um, and yet here we are 2,000 some odd years later talking about its meaning and parsing through it and trying to pick out like, and it's just, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's, Across time, it's like universal that, that people have a hard time with lots of Jesus' teachings, right? Uh, Jesus' teachings are usually very simple, but they're usually very uh, 
hard to do, <laughs> you know? So like we were talking about, about like, you know, Jesus says, don't, don't commit adultery, but also don't lust. Right. And mm-hmm. don't, don't, uh, don't murder, but also don't be angry with your brother. And it's like, well, sure. That's really simple. But how am I ever going to pull that off? Say, you the, know, the principle like, is simple. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea is really simple. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the 10 commandments, right? The 10 commandments are also really simple, but like, like, I've even broke some of the, like like the actual Ten Commandments. You know, like I've stolen things before. I've you know given false witness against mm. people. Like all kind, not in court or anything, but like you know, like we've all told lies about people and like like these these bad things that kind of happen in our lives. And so, yeah, things are really simple, like simply put in Scripture, mm. but they're often just so difficult to do. Um, and this is definitely one of those. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And because the premise is really simple. I mean, you look at it, he's like, okay, yes, you should pay your taxes, right? And you should also give to God what's God's. Right. So in other words, give your government what they're asking for and give God what he's asking for. Right. Which sounds simple. And it is simple, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, so I pay my taxes and I give to God what is God's. Like 10%, right, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> so we can laugh about that because uh, in theory, yes, 10%, right? That's always the number we throw out. Tithe is 10%. And that goes all the way, way back. I mean, Old Testament, Genesis days, right? But the thing is, Yes, it was 10%. But then you add in all the sacrifices they had to give of, like, you know, the sheep and the rams and the goats and, you know, all that fun mm-hmm. stuff that they had to do. If you add all that in and you consider that, like, their flocks really were kind of like their income, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. Um, it was way more than 10%. Oh, yeah. Like, way more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even if you're using 10% as a baseline, like, what he's saying here is, like, give to God what's God's. I feel challenged by that because it. If you look at it as simple financial sense, you're like, okay, fine. So I'll pay my taxes, whatever that might be in my country, and I'll pay my 10% to the church, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you just leave it at that. Well, Jesus doesn't necessarily say that. He says, give to God what is God's. Right. Well, Jesus has spent like the whole rest of his ministry establishing that everything you have is God's. Right. <laughs> so like, so right. it's really like, it's not as straightforward and simple as... I pay my government, you know, like, for example, our sales tax, 7% right. plus your income tax and plus the all other 8,000 other taxes there are. But it's not just that you pay your taxes and you give 10% to your church. Like, he's saying, give to God what is God's. We should be challenged by that, by the basis of Jesus' other teachings. Like, within the context of his ministry, mm. what he has said over and over again and established is everything you have should be God's. Right. Right, right. Which is tough. That is tough. <laughs> because... I like my stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and I think everybody does. And so that's, it's kind of a, this, that's where it gets co- complicated, right? That's where yeah. it becomes uh, a little less simple than it at first appears, because as long as we're talking about 10%, it's like, yeah, sure. Uh, 10%, like that's not that much money out of my paychecks. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about like everything I own, like, man, that, that gets a little bit, a little bit difficult. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I think that's true. I mean, and it ties in well with what we talked about on Sunday, because Jesus legitimately asked a rich guy to sell everything he owned. Right. Um, so, like, that we're coming out of that context and then saying, okay, give to God what's God's. What does right. God ask you to give? Not right. not necessarily, like, the, what percentage are you giving, but what is God asking you to give? What has God placed on your heart to give? Right. And I, I think that answer, I think if we're, if we're following Jesus, that answer should grow the more we grow with Jesus. Hmm. Like the older we get, the more time we spend with Jesus, the amount we're giving should increase. Not just on Sunday mornings, like in the offering plates. I'm not saying that like, you know, you should set it a goal to give 1% more every year or something like well, that. Right. Um, but the amount of sacrifice you make 
should grow because the longer you walk with Jesus and the more you get to know Jesus, the easier it becomes, I think, mm-hmm. because the closer you get to Jesus, the more you want to give. Yeah. I could hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely hear that. There's also, I mean, there's also this kind of a concept that like, like, yeah, you're supposed to, you're supposed to tithe, right? And typically you tithe at your church, but then there's also like, there are thousands of other ways to give your money and resources mm-hmm. back to God, you know? And that, and, and honestly, I may be stepping out a little bit here, but, but I almost wonder too, if, uh, if like resources don't just have to be your money, you know, like, like I think, I think that money is, is a particularly, a particularly like, like pointed thing for us to think about because we all like having money. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was before, I think it was before we started talking about this. I hope it wasn't during this, uh, cause I'm going to repeat it. If so, <laughs> but, but, you know, we worry about, about, like relationships and we worry about health, but we really worry a ton about money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just so easy to worry about. I find myself worrying about money all the time and, and I don't really need to, you know, uh, but, but we think about, about our resources. We think about, about the money that we have in hand because we want to be able to do things. We want the freedom that it brings. Mm-hmm. We want, we want the, uh, the ability to, to go out and do the things that we want to do. Um, but when I'm asked to, to give that money away, uh, that gets tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, like, like we're also asked to give of our time. We're also asked to give of, of our stuff, um, of ourselves, of our, of our personalities and our gifts. Um, and, and like really everything that we have, right. Um, because everything that we have belongs to God. And so we are called to give, give it away, you know? Yeah. And I think that's perfectly applicable for here. I think that's, I think that's part, part of the reason Jesus phrases this the way he does. Yeah. I you know, Cause he doesn't just say like, give your tithe. He says, give to God what's God's. Right. Like he leaves it so open. And that's why I think this is challenging is because, okay, I have to, each of us has to look at our lives and say, well, what part of my life belongs to God? Mm. And if the answer isn't everything, we have not read the Gospels. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Now, you know, being able to say that everything in my life belongs to God and being able to live as if everything in my life right. belongs to God, very different <laughs> Again, scenarios. we're talking very simple and very complex at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so really what this goes down to, it ties well with our can't love God and money, right? Because... If, if we're going to love God, our money has to be a part of what's on the table. Mm. Um, and like you said, other stuff too, our, our possessions, our homes, um, you know, our, our plans, our desires, our dreams, you mm. know, like there's, there's a lot that has to be on the table and say, okay, Jesus, take what you need when mm. you need it. Um, you know, and so there are easy ways to do that. Like there, there are times where Jesus opens doors easily, you know, a perfect example today, um, during our weekly food wagon drop, um, lady came up, she had taken in her four-year-old granddaughter from a bad home situation and mentioned to my wife that she didn't have a lot of clothes for her granddaughter and, you know, just bad situation. So we have a four-year-old. So Aaron went home, bagged up a bag full of clothes mm-hmm. from Evelyn's closet and gave it to this woman because she needed clothes. You know what I mean? Like, so like you have, there's the moments like that where it's really easy and obvious what you should do. But I think there are other times where it's a little more difficult. Um, you, you know, like it's maybe because the, what you have to give up is a worth more than mm-hmm. just a bag full of clothes. Um, or sometimes it's because it sounds crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it just, it doesn't sound, it's not like something that everybody else is doing. You know what I mean? Like moving around the world, you know, just mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And, but we have to be able to say like, okay, what part of our life is God's? And if all of it's God's, we have to be willing to answer that call mm-hmm. whenever it comes, even though it is going to look different for each of us. Sure. Yeah. So, so I guess that's the takeaway for today. Um, give away your stuff. <laughs> give, give, give away your money and your stuff and your time. I mean, it's... 
you know, parse through it, like think through it. Um, cause it's easy. It's also easy with Jesus teachings to just kind of read them and be like, Oh yeah, that's really nice. And then move on. Right. Um, but man, when, when you take time to really dwell on the things that he says and to think about what that means, like you're left with some thinking to do, you know, and, you and should some, be. Well, yeah. 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 If you really take the time to think about it, yeah. you are left with some thinking to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you so you should be left with some thinking to do uh, surrounding all of Jesus's teachings, um, and and this one in particular, you know, because money is such a such a um, I don't know. It's it's such a such a sticky thing, you know. We we tricky. we because like you do need money to live, but then it's like, well, like how do you how do you justify being in the top 1% of all people who have money in the world and like you know, all these different kinds of things and then like where does your money go and like what kinds of things do you spend it on and stewardship and are you being a good steward yeah. and and, and so, that's and that, that statistic is worth repeating from sunday like yeah it is cuz this this is this was my research right if you make if your income specifically not your net worth your income every year if your annual income is above $32,400 mm-hmm. you are in the top 1% of earners in the whole world which is nuts. That, that's like, nuts. That like, is nuts. But to be fair, like as somebody who has traveled in Africa, I get that. Yeah. Right? Because like most of the people we meet, like um, I told the story on Sunday about the kid whose dream job was to make 500 bucks a month. You know what I mean? Like, right. And like that was just like a mind-boggling number for him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Which here is like 500 a month. You can't even live on that. that that's, <laughs> that's not even rent. Like, like yeah, like, yeah. That is rent maybe. Yeah. Like at a, at a, at a half-decent house. Yeah. So we really don't realize it. Um, and to be fair, like cost of living, you have to factor in cost of living well, is yeah. higher in places, whatever. Right, but, right. but it's all in what that standard is. You know what I mean? But like, then what? there's the other statistic that you talked about. Also, which was basically like if everybody, if every professing Christian in just the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it worldwide? No, it was worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah, yeah. So if every if every professing Christian worldwide actually gave just their tithe, just ten percent, just ten percent. And I remember I, I either read this article or you sent it to mm-hmm. me or something, but but like it was on relevant dot com, um, and it was it was basically this idea that if everybody who professed to to follow Christ actually paid their ten percent tithe. We would have enough money to eradicate like most of the the eradicatable oh, yeah. like, world like, problems. Like, like most preventable diseases would go right. away. Um, uh, there would be no hungry hunger, people. Like, like yeah, it's crazy yeah. how much stuff we could do. So I mean, obviously there would still be issues in the world because we live in a fallen world and all those good kinds of things, right? But like, like all the problems that we have ways to solve would be solved just because they would automatically have enough money to mm-hmm. to solve them. And that's just insane. Like. Yeah. That's just crazy, you know? It's, and you know, it's and, nuts to think about. And it does make me think, and maybe this is a great final point to end on, because um, it makes me think of, my friend Caleb um, told me this one time. Uh, we were in conversation about dreaming and, and just about, like, you know, what is it God's calling you to do, that kind of stuff. And and um, he said, I want you I want you to dream about what ministry would look like if you had unlimited resources. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool thought. I'm going to do some of that. And then, But then he, he countered me, and he said, you should dream like that because God has unlimited resources. <laughs> and I thought, oof, that that really hits me, right? You know what I mean? Like, so I think when we plan out our finances and we talk about the difference between God and money, we're talking about a resource that we work our butt off to gain and still don't have enough. Mm. Or we can give our whole lives to God who always has enough. Mm. Interesting. And, and seeing it in that perspective, like seeing it not as a scarcity thing and I might not have enough, but seeing it as as long as I'm following God or as in Matthew 6 – even specifically says, uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Mm.
Like, and that's specifically in relation to this money stuff. Like, listen, we know you, God knows you have needs. God knows you need to be taken care of. He even says that in the verse before. It says your heavenly father knows you need them, right? So if we seek first God, the money stuff will come. But if we seek money first, God doesn't just come. <laughs> hmm. It's a good ending thought. Yeah, I think. <laughs> so, give give your life to God, make that decision, put it all on the table, and I'm telling you, you will see the craziest stuff come through for you. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. So, all right. Well, we'll see you again next week. What are we talking about next week? Ooh, causing little ones to stumble. Oh boy. <laughs> why? Why did we do this series? It's. Here's, I mean, I know why we did this series, but man, this is such a tough series. <laughs> because nobody talks about the tough things of Jesus. That's true. We like to talk about the fluffy stuff in faith and about how God it. loves you, and, and but we don't talk about the hard stuff of Jesus nearly enough. Right. All so right. we're going to do it. Let's do it. So join us next week. We'll keep at it. See you later.